You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Election College, episode 222. Abigail Fillmore. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. She's all about the books, and that's pretty much all we have to say. Abigail Fillmore, Library, White House. There you go. We know she liked books, and that's the end of the story. There's so much more. (laughs) And there's so much that we just don't know because, well, let's face it, we don't know a whole lot about Millard Fillmore, but we know that his wife was Abigail. Actually, I... I don't know if you saw this or not, but Abigail Fillmore, uh-huh. she follows us on Twitter. I did see that. Uh, she was tweeting at us too, wasn't she? Yeah. Very, very creepy <laughs> and scary. Yeah. Well, Abigail was born in Stillwater, New York, and she was born in 1798. And her father was a reverend. He was a Baptist pastor. And his name was Lemuel Powers. Don't you think Lemuel is a neat name? And I don't know how it would work in today's society, but I think it's neat. Yeah. He, I mean, that, that name just, I don't know. I'm not thinking of like country type Baptist minister. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of the Baptist minister that's like wearing a robe. Oh, yeah. And stuff yeah, too. Definitely. Just, just sounds like it. Maybe, maybe has a, doctor of divinity type degree (laughs) people really look up to him it's possible her mother was abigail newland powers sorry abigail is not as cool of a name as the mule and (laughs) sorry abby so because we know there's an abby at least five abbies listening yeah but there's probably zero the mules that's so weird yeah so Jason, her father, Lemuel, he dies shortly after her birth. So she never really got to know him. Man. Yeah. And apparently he was kind of a rock star preacher. And there were a lot of people who attended his church. And, well, the congregation dwindled. And there could have been some impropriety there. But 
uh, I guess Abigail didn't get a chance to really know her dad. It's really sad. So after that, they moved to Cayuga County in New York, and they move in with a person named Cypress Powers. And, you know, they're pretty impoverished at this point. And her father had left behind a pretty large library of books, but not a whole lot of money because he was a pastor. So at that point, not a whole lot of money coming into the pastor's pockets. And actually, that's the, that's the case in a lot of instances now as well, just not the ones we hear about. And so her mother was able to educate her uh, based on a lot of these books and based on the information they have. So uh, she really starts to love literature. She loves learning about things. She loves books in general. Uh, she gets really educated in things like math and history and government and philosophy and geography. So uh, it, it turns out actually really great that these books were left behind and that they were able to, to use them to help educate Abigail. Can you imagine that, Ben, having access to books and because of that, you're well-educated, and now mm -hmm. we're carrying around devices in our pockets that have information galore, and by and large, we don't use that wealth of information. Yeah, we stink. Man. <laughs> it, it's kind of hard because now you can just be like, hey, Siri, what do I not? Oh, my phone literally just popped on if I said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you can ask anything you want to know. And then as soon as you find out, you forget, uh, at least if you're like me and you forget. So yeah, yeah, it seems like we've done some really good things in advancing technology and maybe also lost a few of those finer points. Yeah. Do we really need to know anything anymore? My math teachers used to tell me in school, it's not like you're going to be able to carry a calculator with you wherever you go. Well, <laughs> I got you. Sucker. <laughs> Mr. Crawford. <laughs> Ooh, Ben, you're calling him out. Right yeah, now. that's fine. He'll never listen to this. Man. Anyway, so because of these books that her dad left behind, that had to have been very special. I'm sure every mm -hmm. now and then. Uh, she probably was able to think, wow, what a legacy that her dad left to her by leaving that library behind. Sure. And anyway, so in 1814, Abigail becomes a school teacher part-time. And after several years of doing that, she goes full-time. And then a year later, takes on a another job at the New Hope Academy, which is a private school. So keep in mind that to get a teaching position at a private school in this era, especially for a woman, it's a pretty big deal. And she's doing this, and she becomes a private tutor to three of her cousins. And then after that, she's asked to open up a private school, which she does. And yeah, she's basically a teaching rock star. So during that time when she had taken a teaching post in New Hope, uh, her oldest pupil was 19 years old, and his name was da -da -da -da, Millard Fillmore. Kind of weird. And <laughs> uh, it, having him in class and really seeing him learn and teaching him, and you know, I'm sure they were able to have discussions, kind of draws them together, and gradually it becomes less of a relationship between teacher and student and more into a romantic attachment. And, you know, they're only a year apart, so it's not like it's 
creepy or anything. Uh, and so they court for a long time. And uh, Miller is 26 and Abigail is 27 when they get married. They get married on February 5th, 1826. And uh, they get married at Abigail's brother's house. That's convenient. It is. Probably low rent. And I wonder, I wonder if they had to pay caterers very much back then. Certainly. I'm going to say probably not. Yeah. What was your biggest expense for your wedding? Um, I don't know. I have a couple guesses. I think probably the food and stuff. My my, I was very blessed. My in-laws, we gave them an option that would have cost very, very little and an option that would have cost a little bit more. And they chose the option that they wanted because they didn't want to have to do any work. So um, there were very few things. I mean, we did all the planning, but they pitched in pretty much all the all the help. I'm very fortunate and very rare in that instance, though. Yeah, we footed the bill for ours. And the most expensive part of it, we didn't have a big meal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You were like, what? Were you even 16? Oh, I think I was like 11 or 12 when you got married. Oh, my goodness. What year did you get married? 99. Yeah. Yeah, I was like 11 years old. This is really entertaining for our audience, but let's keep talking about it. Well, anyway, yeah, because there's not a whole lot to say about it, Abigail. Might as well get to know us a little bit better, right? But anyway, yeah, we didn't have the big meal or anything like that. I think we had white chocolate-covered pretzels that we ended up eating for the next year uh, because he just didn't go to our wedding to eat very much. Ours was a photographer by far, Mm, yeah, and we didn't have digital photography. Right. Well, see, I had been a DJ for a lot of years and helped plan some weddings, so I knew like kind of the way around things. And I had a buddy who DJed, so he gave my in-laws a pretty rocking deal. And uh, our cousin Carrie photographed, so that didn't cost us anything. Uh, that was her gift to us. And uh, yeah, so there were a lot of those kind of things, too, that I'm sure would have been more expensive. I think the honeymoon... Did you ever get those photos? <laughs> uh, yes. Mostly. <laughs> Thanks, Colin, yeah. Thanks, Carrie. No, I did. I did end up getting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's neither one of our sisters. She's our other cousin. That's right. Hey, Carrie, if you're listening, yeah, you're doing well. She's not listening. She's not. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to Abigail Fillmore for a minute. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, they are doing the deal. They're living their life, and Millard is moving up the ranks there in New York. Um, in political life and so on. And they end up buying a six-room house in Buffalo. And they have two kids. They have uh, a son named Millard Powers Fillmore. Powers is just an awesome last name, mm-hmm. unless you're Screech Powers. That's true. That's a whole other story, too. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing good about that. But Millard Powers Fillmore, that's a really cool name. And then their daughter, Mary Abigail Fillmore, who, of course, they called Abby, because why not? Every other woman who was related to Abigail Fillmore was named Abigail. Right. They call her Abby, right? That's right. Anyway, so they have two kids. They've got this huge house in Buffalo, and Abigail, Mrs. Fillmore, she's learning the ways of political life and being the wife of a congressman and she's doing the gardening thing i wonder if she was actually doing the gardening thing or if they yeah that's a good question she's like you do that 
I like yellow. <laughs> Plant a yellow <laughs> flower over there. Although she seems like, I mean, she worked all through this time, and she also uh, did a lot of other things. So it's entirely possible that she, just her hobby. Yeah, sure. So she was the person who you would see reading books. Love that. She developed that love of learning early on, and she just kept with it. Absolutely. So in 1847, Miller Fillmore gets elected as the New York State Comptroller, and everybody moves up to Albany. And, well, not everybody. The kids were away in boarding school and in college and stuff like that. And then just a couple years later, Abigail Fillmore comes to Washington, D.C., because Millard is elected as the vice president. And so she becomes the second lady of the United States. Yeah, so as we all know, 16 months after Zachary Taylor is inaugurated as president, he drinks some milk, it's nasty, he dies. <laughs> why did I laugh? It's not I don't funny. Know why you're laughing? This is horrible. It was definitely just the way you put it. Yeah. It's just the I don't know. His death really gets me because I feel like, man, Zachary Taylor would have been he was such a popular figure back then and we don't really know much about him Mm -hmm. culturally and in our society we don't look back and say oh zachary taylor he was a great patriot like he was but well i guess depending on how you feel about the definition of patriot but anyway let's say he is he's a war hero um so the fillmores they're in the white house now and yeah Abigail, she's the first lady. Yeah, so Abigail had previously injured her ankle, and it never really healed right, and she couldn't stand for very long at one time, so uh, she wasn't really much on her feet, I guess you could say, and so a lot of the social duties and stuff like that, uh, they gave along to Abby, who kind of acted as the first lady in those instances, or at least as the official kind of hostess and stuff. And so pretty much every Friday night, there's a reception, And Abby stands there and greets and socializes with guests. Abigail moves into the White House, but she ends up spending a lot of her time upstairs. Yeah, I think that probably drove her a little nuts because prior to this ankle injury, Abigail was known as a very active person. She was the person who was, you know, fit and exercised and um, was just known as being somebody who took care of herself and this ankle injury was pretty serious. Yeah. So a little while after living there, she realizes there's no stinking library in this place. I love books. There's no library. What this is supposed to be a country of educated folk. What's going on? So Congress is like, all right, here's two grand, go ahead and buy some books. And she spends a bunch of time selecting different books and putting everything together to make a White House library. Uh, Jason, when I was in like the f- sixth grade, I had read all the books in my library. And I don't mean that hyperbolically. I mean, I literally had read like anything that was fiction in our library. So my librarian ended up giving me a budget and a book catalog and told me to order some more books that I wanted in the library. <laughs> that was probably one of the highlights of, of my life. Oh, man. I feel kind of sorry for you now. Yeah. It was a rough time in my life. Uh, Anyway, so she gets $2,000. She 
gets a bunch of books in there. She picks out some Shakespeare, some history books, some geography books. She brings her piano into the library, and um, she had taught herself to play previously. And then she starts bringing in writers and meeting with them and having performing artists come in and having them basically like, hey, come in and we'll talk about literature. Hey, you come in and we'll uh, do some music together, etc. And she kind of has her own little, like, almost like a little club. Well, now I know why she follows us on Twitter. That's true. Very social lady. Man, she'd probably be listening to our podcast. She probably is listening to our podcast. Now, I'm just creeped out now. Let that sit in for a few minutes. So, you know, Millard, he depended on her quite a bit because, after all, she was his teacher, right? And (laughs) um, he wrote her letters when they were apart, and she'd say, hey, Millard, do this, do that. And, for goodness sake, do not sign the Fugitive Slave Act. And Millard's like, yes, dear, yes, dear. And, like, a lot of men... um, In the end, he doesn't listen to his wife, and he should have, because he did sign the Fugitive Slave Act, and she's like, dude, you blew it. And he's like, I'm a guy. It's the middle of the 1800s. I do what I want. And, uh, yeah, he loses the nomination (laughs) for a second term. Yeah. And Abigail's like, well, you kind of did that to yourself, buddy. So she's kind of excited and maybe even a little bit Millard is too about post presidency life. Cause you know, I'm sure it's gotta be suffocating being in front of everyone all the time at the front of the country. And so they had talked about traveling through Europe and stuff like that in the coming months. And, uh, they ended up going to the inaugural ceremonies for Franklin Pierce, uh, there in 1853 and she catches cold and gets a fever And that turns into bronchitis, and that turns into pneumonia. And 26 days after she leaves the White House at the Willard Hotel in Washington, D.C., Abigail Fillmore passes away. And then she followed us on Twitter. So much tragedy centered around that stinking inauguration. And such tragedy for the First Ladies again. Yeah. We're getting to be known as the depressing podcast, Ben. That's why we have to juice it up a little bit. You know, we got to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you all have any good ideas about how we can spice this up just a little bit, I mean, we are going to be talking about Nancy Reagan eventually. Yeah. That'll do it for sure. Um, But yeah, she dies and you just wait till the next episode because we're going to be talking about that inauguration of Franklin Pierce, or at least we're going to be talking about the events leading up to it. And that's going to be really uplifting. So, (laughs) um, okay. So here's an uplifting part. The good thing about Abigail Fillmore is that many women and men after the legacy passed of Abigail Fillmore, after her, after she passed and her legacy lived on, a lot of people know, like, hey, she was a woman who was educated. She was a teacher. She worked. She even worked while her husband was, um, well, after she got married, which was very rare for any kind of you know, wealthy individuals to do. Uh, so, you know, a lot of future women and future first ladies understand that, hey, they can then get an education and still be a teacher and be the first lady. And it's okay for 
ladies to have jobs even if their husbands are the president. Yeah, true that. And, you know, it's not the number of days we live, right? It's the the amount of life that we put into those days. I just butchered that quote, but um, think of that and it's a beautiful thing. And you know what a beautiful, absolutely amazing thing would be to do right now? What's that? If everybody would grab their electronic smartphone device, because if it's not electronic, I don't know what it would be. Uh, you take your smartphone, or maybe you're behind a computer. Your rotary dial smartphone. Yes. Yeah, that. Man, memories of that. <laughs> so you take that. You go to iTunes, electioncollege.com slash iTunes. You leave us a review. You tell us how much you appreciate your cousins, even if we are thrice removed. Um, and you say, hey, these guys, they're pretty nice. And even though sometimes their subject matter is a little depressing, you still appreciate them. It's because you get together with us twice a week and you really have fun. And you put the little mouse or your finger over the five star. You click that and you hit submit. And there you go. That will make us extremely happy. <laughs> and in case you want to listen to us talk for a couple minutes about how to use Twitter and Facebook, we could tell you, but it'd probably be much more interesting if you just went on and found us and left us a comment or uh, interacted with us on one of our posts. We'd really appreciate that. You can find us on our social media platforms at Election College. Yeah, we'll see you on Thursday or later. And hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday.